At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome aboard to Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Matt Humans as we are live at Circus Sportsbook inside the Resort Casino in downtown Las Vegas. We will get into our football bets we made so far at this point of the season coming up. In about five minutes, uh, Matt, there was a nice move made yesterday mm-hmm. in the NFL, and you just know that this is going to work out well if the guy stays healthy. First of all, I forgot that he was actually available. Um, Ian Rappaport tweeted this out yesterday afternoon. The Steelers are signing free agent pass rusher Melvin Ingram to a one-year contract to beef up uh, the edge. The former Charger star lands in Pittsburgh before camp begins. I went back and uh, I looked at some numbers from... You know, last year, Pro Football Focus actually rated him as the 25th best edge rusher in the entire league. And they wrote this mm-hmm. about Ingram. Ingram is the most impactful free agent edge rusher still on the market following several seasons limited by injury in Los Angeles. Don't be fooled by the goose egg in the sack column last season, though. Ingram still put up pass rushing grades above 75, which is a good metric, which, you know, what they use in each of the past two years, and has plenty to offer in terms of a pass rusher. It never really worked out, I think, the way the Chargers anticipated it to, with Ingram and Joey Bosa maybe rushing the edge on opposite right. sides. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chargers were... Hey, come on. To compare the Chargers organization to the Steelers is laughable. You can't do that. But I think with the defensive you know, talent that they have right now on that side of the ball in Pittsburgh, which is still maybe the best unit in the entire league... To, to team up with a guy like T.J. Watt and others that they have. Uh, and I know they had they lost a couple of guys on defense in the offseason. Mm-hmm. If he stays healthy, this will work out well, I think, for Pittsburgh. That's a great pickup. Yeah. Uh, Melvin Ingram is on, only 32 years old. I'm sure he's got some good football left in him. And he was a pro bowler, I think, two years ago, right? Uh, I know that he recently was. I can't tell you if it was two or three years ago, whatever the timeline is. But, yeah. Not that long yeah, ago. Not that long ago. He was in the pro bowl. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens. The Steelers have picked up two former Chargers in the past uh, few weeks. They signed former Pro Bowl guard Trey Turner a couple weeks ago. I thought that was a great move for the offensive line. And that uh, I think uh, that's something that kind of went unnoticed by a lot of people who keep talking about the Steelers' offensive line is going to be terrible. Uh, that's kind of a move they had to make. And they get, still got to make one or two more moves like that. Right, right. <laughs> Their offensive line does need some work. There's no question, but that Trey Turner pickup uh, could be a very good one. You get a guy who's recently a pro bowler, and right here you get the same deal with uh, Melvin Ingram on the defensive side of the football. So the Steelers made a couple of really good moves here, I think, in the past two weeks. I would agree. And, again, that's a a team that I can trust. That's a defense that I can trust. And, look, I mean, that division is absolutely loaded at the top. They're not as good as Baltimore or Cleveland Mm -hmm. on paper, in my opinion. I mean, Ben is just, I mean, he is very close to the end, as we saw last year and, you know, the year before when he got injured. 
and Cleveland's talent is uh, very strong. And you know Baltimore is going to be really good again this year if they can, you know, stay healthy. But uh, can they now win? You know, in a 17-game season, can they win eight, nine games? Put it. The closer we get to the season, the close the the more afraid I'm becoming of betting the Steelers to go under their win total. Right. You know, they're probably going to be right around that number. You know, I, yeah. I think that's a pretty good win total number. Uh, we'll get into the football bets that we made so far, ranging from minus 130 to as high as 300 to one. Next. This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Major League Baseball, two games this afternoon. The Angels on the road to face Oakland. Los Angeles, plus a run and a half, minus 150. Oakland, minus a run and a half, or plus 130. Looking at the money line, Angels, plus 133. Athletics, minus 144, with an over-under of nine. Kansas City on the road to face Milwaukee. The Brewers, minus a run and a half, plus 110. Royals getting that run and a half, minus 130. On the money line, Kansas City, plus 147. Brewers, minus 159, over-under at nine. Tonight, Washington hosting Miami. The Marlins minus a run and a half plus 136, while the Nationals getting a run and a half minus 155 with an over-under of nine. Football season is almost here and our experts profile every college and pro team with advanced stats, power ratings, and best bets for win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide only $20 and is free with your subscription to VEASAN. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I'm Tony Deziri with your action update. Get the latest VSIN odds at VSIN.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. It's time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Boss and Polly Howard. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Mitch and Matt with you here. Follow the money. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, live in downtown Las Vegas. Jonathan Von Tobel on the show a little bit later on to talk NBA Finals. Game six tonight. And uh, the Godfather himself, Brent Musburger. Two segments, college football and the NFL with him. Uh, Matt, we'll go over the football bets that we have made or the bets that we like at this point that we uh, plan on making at some point uh, soon. Um, I remember last year in the pandemic, middle of July, I probably had 20 bets already in the NFL. Well, there was nothing else to bet. So we, we spent a lot of time talking about the NFL, coming yep. over NFL futures, and uh, you know, you'd be days where you'd just be searching for something to play, and oh, I like this in the NFL. And, you know, I, I, like you, I had several more bets at this point last year on the NFL. Right now, I've got one. That's yep. it. I've yep, got one. one futures bet on the NFL, and that's it. I'll, I'll have some more, but I have not bet any win totals yet. And typically, I bet four or five by now. But I've not played anything. And you will get involved with the uh, alt win totals here at Circa? Yeah, last year the uh, biggest win total bet I made was the Raiders alternate win total under eight and a half. Mm -hmm. I think I remarked to you at one point, I don't see how this can lose. They have to win nine games to beat me on this win total. You looked at the schedule and thought, yeah, you can't find nine wins in that Raiders schedule. Right. Uh, You know, they petered out in the last month of the season and finished eight and eight. uh, So I had to sweat that one out. So let's refresh people's memories from last year, a division bet that was available here at Circa. You actually brought this up today before the show started. I forgot about this. I do recall it happening, but I just, it was like, you know, back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the football team was 20. They went off as a 25, 25 to, one to 1 dog to win the East. Yeah. The, the oh. last shot in the NFC East, they were at the bottom of the board here at Circa, 25 to 1 odds to win the division. Hey, Mitch, breaking news here on ESPN. Aaron Rodgers 
future with the Packers remains uncertain. Wait, Packers, does? Report, Packers report to training camp on July 27th. Dun, 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 and there's, dun. A, there's a panel discussion going on. This is going to be the uh, 60th day in a row. This same graphic and same discussions happened on uh, this Get Up show. Wait, so you're telling me, did you say Aaron Rodgers? His future with the Packers is uncertain? It remains uncertain, it is. Mitch. And they report to training camp in less than 10 days. Damn it! Yes. I thought he was certain. Yeah. No, he, he says he's going to figure it out in the next couple weeks. Mm. And we're, we're not sure what he's going to do. We're uncertain. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, I, I might have to take the rest of the show off. This is uh, stunning news, actually, developing from uh, Lambeau Field in Green Bay today. I can't believe we missed that. Uh, yeah. So what is the one division bet that you have as of right now? Well, it has something to do with Aaron Rodgers. It does, for uh, sure. Yeah, I bet this in May uh, when we knew his future with the Packers was uncertain. Okay. I um, I played the Vikings to win the division at the South Point at plus 350. And I thought, you know, you look at the Packers' schedule. It's a first-place schedule. It's very difficult. Even if Aaron Rodgers comes back, I don't know if he can duplicate what he did in his MVP season. Uh, how, yeah, I... I don't, I'm not going to question his motivation because he's a pro and he's going to show up and give it his best. Um, but I, I'm just not sure that it's going to come together for him in 2021 like it did in 2020. I mean, he had one of the best years of his career. Maybe it was his best you know, year, yeah. Yeah, and he turns 38 this year. Uh, but the Packers' schedule is brutal. And even if Aaron Rodgers plays at a high level, I think they're going to have a tough time going 10-7 and seven or 11-6. and six. In fact, that's why I think the record's probably going to be if Rodgers stays healthy for the entire season. Rodgers also has had injury problems in the past. If he goes down, Jordan Love's your quarterback. Michael Lombardi has talked about this. If Jordan Love is your quarterback, the Packers are probably going to be like a six or seven win team. So right now, I, I would say the odds on favorite should be Aaron Rodgers playing for the Packers in 2021. But yep. even if he comes back... I still think the Vikings have a decent shot to win that division, which is why I went ahead and made the bet a plus 350 on the Vikings to win the NFC North. Uh, if Rodgers does not come back for some reason, that's a great number. They are sitting at plus 190 today. At Circa, right? At Circa, yeah. the Vikings are. Yep, yep. So you find... So if Rodgers doesn't come back, what do you think that number becomes? Vikings even money to win I, the I was going to say right around even money probably. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know, maybe six, seven wins with Jordan Love as being generous. Maybe they turn into, like, seriously, one of the worst three or four teams in the entire league. It could be. I, I think with Love, they'd probably be like a 6-11. and 11. Who knows? 5-12 and 12 would be a really bad year for a team that was in the NFC Championship game. No, but, no question. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe at that point, you know, LaFleur would have to certainly earn his stripes, right? And mm -hmm. he could. Maybe he would actually show us at that point. Like, and I know a lot of people want to say, well, look at what they were like with McCarthy. And I think that's fair. Right, McCarthy was a dumpster fire. Lafleur comes, steadies the ship, thirteen and three back to back years. But you have Rodgers playing at somehow again, like you just said, maybe it was his best season of all time at the age of thirty-seven. And if they don't have him, maybe Lafleur is actually a good guy that uh, did not get enough credit. <laughs> maybe that's a, a thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, you find the. We, I'm not sure what Matt Lafleur is as an. NFL I don't know coach. either. Who I knows? really don't. I, I know he's a guy who kicked a field goal down eight late in the NFC <laughs> yes. Championship game, which oh, was a clueless God. decision. Now Aaron Rodgers is not blameless for what happened there. No, and we're not going to get into that. But he tried to throw his coach under the bus, obviously after the game. But you look at Zach Taylor of the Bengals, and I think you and I discussed this a couple weeks ago. 
How do we know Matt LaFleur is a better coach than Zach Taylor of mm-hmm. the Bengals? LaFleur's record is what it is because he has Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Sure. What would he be as a coach with Jordan Love at quarterback? Spot on. He'd be Zach Taylor right. probably uh, without a healthy Joe Burrow. So uh, I think the Packers are going to have a rough ride, really rough ride without Rodgers. And even if he comes back, I still think the Vikings have a shot to win that division. Yeah, we're not going to – we never play the schedule game mm-hmm. here on this show, but can you find the soft spot in the schedule for the Packers if they have one? I think the Bengals, right? A road game against the Bengals, was that it? Well – yeah, they, they're going to have some. I'm talking about like a stretch. Is there a soft stretch where it's like a three or four week? No, there it's like isn't. You, you, right. I mean, it's put it this way: they 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 play week two against Detroit. That's at home, so that's a soft game. But that's in between road games at the Saints and at the 49ers to begin the year. Right. Now you look at that schedule. There's two games you can put a W by right now: the Lions in week two and the Bengals in week five. I think. The rest of those games are going to be very difficult to win. And with Jordan Love, they'd be that much more difficult to win. But I still think Rodgers, uh, if he comes back and plays for the Packers, which looks like it's likely at this point, 11-6 and six would be a hell of a season against that schedule. No question. I think the Packers probably like a 9- or 10-win team with Rodgers, and that's why I like the Vikings. Uh, they have a little bit easier schedule, and the Vikings have made some good moves in the offseason, so... Anyway, that's the only NFL futures bet I've got. I've typically got a lot more at this point, and I'll have some more by August. But you have a uh, I got a handful. You have a loaded scrapbook of tickets because you you love to play the futures. Okay, so before I get into the bets that I have made so far, can I mm-hmm. throw out a couple that I'm pondering? And I want to begin with the Packers' Week One opponent, and it's with the Saints. And I we kind of briefly touched on it yesterday. The Saints, I went back and looked again last night. They mm-hmm. did lose quite a bit on defense. Yeah. Right? Uh, here's the deal, though. So the Buccaneers are the best team in that division. right? And they're like a $2 favorite, I think, to win that the NFC South. But it's also with the Falcons, who should be better this year, new coach, um, and the Panthers, I think, in year two of Matt Rule. Definitely improved. Certainly, on Christian paper. McCaffrey's going to be back. Absolutely. And I expect... Sam Darnold to have a much better year this year than he ever had with the Jets and Adam Gase because he's a disaster. But this is a guy, Sean Payton, that I think we know who he is as a head coach, right? Yes, he had Drew Brees to work with for a long time. But since like 2006, they've been pretty steady and had a really, really good offense. Like offensively, we know that he's a great mind and he can Mm -hmm. make things work on that side of the ball. The defense losing as much as they did, and they lost it pretty much at all three levels, right? If Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback, I'm going to throw out Taysom Hill for a second here. Mm -hmm. Let's say it is Jameis Winston. Two bets I would think about making. The offense will be okay, and I think Winston's good enough under Sean Payton, right, for a full year now to learn from him, cut back on the mistakes, because Winston does have a ton of talent. It's up here where it doesn't, you know, really work out for him, and he makes a lot of dumb mistakes. I anticipate that he'll cut down on those mistakes if he starts the entire year for, for New Orleans, he's 17-1 to 1 to win comeback player of the year. Never played a season ago. Yep. I think the national media would love a story like that. Or maybe you can actually find Sean Payton at 30-1 to 1 to be the coach of the year with no Drew Brees. And if they have to pencil in either Hill or Winston here and they would somehow land on their feet and win 10-11 games, which is just barely over their win total, mm-hmm. and make the playoffs... 
I don't hate either one of those bets. I haven't made yet, them yet, but it's something that I'm considering. Actually, I like both. I like your idea with both of those. And, you know, don't forget the, the Bucks won the Super Bowl, but the Saints won the division last year. That's right. Uh, and they should have won that game in the playoffs. And they, if, kicked, if, they if, kicked the Bucks' butt in both regular season games and should have won the playoff game, but a couple of turnovers. And, yep, killed them. Yeah. If Cook doesn't fumble, they're going in and take a two-score lead potentially. Uh, so Winston, I think, has got a really good shot to be the comeback player of the year. I mean, if you're talking about two years ago when he threw 30 picks and lost five fumbles and then last year barely played, sure, yeah, he would fall into that category as a candidate to win that award, especially if in Sean Payton's offense he puts up big numbers, doesn't throw picks, which is certainly possible. I, I think Payton is going to be invigorated this year because he wants to prove to people that, hey, I can win at a high level without Drew Brees. So... Yeah, thirty to one on Peyton, seventeen to one on Winston. I think are actually pretty good bets. And you know, a lot of guys, single guys, walk around all day and they think about you know girls and chicks and you know things like that. Mitch Moss walks around all day thinking about NFL futures bets. Yeah, you're pretty much spot on. <laughs> I'm looking at them all the time. Every day, they have you have ideas on these. Every they, day, they have a bikini on. <laughs> And I can't get my eyes off them. They look really good. It's like me uh, on Instagram when my wife's not at home. She's not here? Okay, I'm gonna, let me fire up the app real quick. Um, so this is one bet that I kind of regret already. I made it a long time ago. Davis Mills? No, no, not that oh, okay. one. No, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Davis Mills bet. Um, the football team at 30-1 to 1 to win the NFC. Now, I still think that they're probably the best team in that division. But my God, when the schedule came out, that day, I think it was back in May when they released the schedule, I'm just like, what? You, this, the football team has that schedule to navigate now this year? If we think the Packers' schedule is difficult, mm-hmm. the football team's schedule is just a, an absolute nightmare. And by the way, one of my very first observations from that night was the NFL, I've never seen this before in my entire life, they finished with five consecutive games in the division. Well, that was the worst division in football last year. Yeah. So, But they get... They start with uh, Chargers and Giants at home, both winnable games, uh, but Buffalo and Atlanta on the road. The Saints, the Chiefs at Green Bay, at Denver before the bye. Oh, then by, after the bye, it's Tampa Bay at Carolina, Seattle, and the Raiders. Before That's a tough stretch of the schedule, yeah. It is, yes. Very difficult. I actually like the fact that they start out with two home games against the Chargers and the Giants. You get off a 2-0 and start and yep. feel pretty good. We are talking about success breeds confidence and uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, is going to have a pretty good year. Washington's puts more playmakers around him uh, in that offense. And the defense is it's a top-five defense, defense in the NFL. How can you not? And you're right about the offense. And I think I made that bet the day that they actually signed uh, Fitzpatrick to mm-hmm. come in. Uh, who knows if he's going to stay healthy. And he'll, he'll definitely have his moments where he looks great, but he'll also have moments where I'm like, oh, my God, what are we doing well, here, Well, that's folks? who he is. Of course. You know, he'll, he'll play one. We'll say he played two. Good games and then one horrendous game. Huh? But hey, Fitzmagic is—he's uh, capable of winning. I would—I'd give Washington a legit shot to win the NFC East again. And then who knows? Well, hey, they—if you go back and watch that Bucks-Washington uh, playoff game, Washington was right there. Man. And they were—they were, they they were with them. Bucks pulled away in the fourth quarter, huh? won the game, but it was a tough game. And uh, I don't think Washington's that far away. So. That's not a bad bet, a 30-1 to 1 odds. To win the NFC. I think they're down to, uh, what did I see last night, 18-1 to 1 to win the yeah. NFC. But anyway, so that's I made it a long time ago, and the schedule freaked me out. I mean, would I 
if 30 to 1 was available the day that the uh, schedule came out, I probably would have been like, I don't know if I can make that bet. But uh, I still like the team a lot. And we know this, by the way. Ron Rivera could have, should have, would have you know, won the coach of the year last year. Mm. And he's won it twice already in his career. So he is a really good coach. Yeah. I thought he should have won it. He's the guy. I had Stefanski twice. I thought T.J. Watt should have been defensive player of the year. Uh, but the guy's getting treatment for cancer during the season. He's taking IVs during games and at halftime. And had to play three different quarterbacks, going through <laughs> cancer treatments, and he wins the division at twenty-five to one odds. Yep, that's coach of the year, I think. Uh, I, I, I so far I've approached the offensive rookie of the year market like uh, you do with golf every week. I have three bets. All of them are long shots. You don't like my Davis Mills bet hunt, 300 to 1? Uh, I don't think he's going to play. Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback for the Texans. Well, maybe. Now reports again surfacing last night that uh, Deshaun Watson could be on the way out. Well, if Watson's on the way out, somebody's going to be on the way in, and it could be Tua. Right. That's the Again, that rumor started again last night. Watson, maybe to the Dolphins. Tua, you know, part of the package that would be coming back. Well, I'm never going to say a 300 to 1 odds. It's a bad bet. No, because I mean, it's 300 to 1. You get a sick payoff if it hits. So I'm here, not going to criticize that play. Here's but, a whole thought on that yeah. is, and again, they don't have much to work with on this team at all. I think your Trey Sermon bet's a really good bet. Uh, I have him at 60 to 1. I actually, I, I think that he's down. He, I think at some spots he's 25, 30 to 1. Mm-hmm. Running back for the 49ers. They've already had, you know, multiple injuries in the backfield, but. Uh, Mostert's real. I like Mostert a lot. I think that guy can play, but if he gets banged up behind this offensive line, and uh, you know, I, I anticipate good things happening at the quarterback position this year as well. And I think the Niners are going to have a really good season, sixty to one, sure. And Paul Charchian really liked Michael Carter at hundred to one. He gave that on in the show a while back. So I bet I have three bets so far to win offensive rookie of the year. I'll leave it at that. How many total futures bets do you have in pocket right now? About fifteen? No, you're looking at them, and I added two more yesterday. Oh, so that's I it? have. I have. You got eight? I have eight, yeah. Yep. Okay. We, we can go over the other bets that I have made so okay. far uh, coming up next year. Uh, only one win total bets that'll uh, tell you that I like a lot. That's coming up next. Football season is coming fast, and that means the VSIN College Football Betting Guide is coming soon. Our experts look at the impact of the transfer portal, key games on the schedule, early season trends to watch, and a lot more, so you have the betting edge this football season. The guide is only $19.99. Discounts available when you buy early, so now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for the VSIN All Access Plan. Get everything we have to offer for the, for the football season. Sign up now at vsin.com. Slash subscribe. That's going to be over a hundred pages of analysis, a lot of picks and uh, predictions, power ratings. Steve Mackinnon's got a large database. Uh, this college football guide is going to be good. I was working on it for about five hours tonight before the show. We should have that out sometime around the Packers opening training camp, which is July twenty seventh. Okay, you feel pretty good about the season coming up. College football? Yeah. 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 I wish we had the playoff now. And we're, we're going to talk to Brent Musburger about college football in hour number two. But, you know, when we're making playoff picks, 
Is there anything more boring than trying to make picks for the college football playoff? Clemson, Alabama, Alabama. Ohio, Ohio State. State, Oklahoma, yeah. maybe Georgia. I mean, seriously, can we expand this uh, playoff as soon as possible? No kidding. Every year, same exact yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of other bets that I made so far this year in the NFL. I do have a uh, big bet on the Raiders under eight, minus 130. I was looking again in town last night. that There was a six and a half in town. I saw that. I actually kind of like over six and a half. If I were you, I'd think about trying to middle that number. It's my, I think it was like minus 145 is, is the only thing. Or in that neighborhood, I have to go back and check the juice today. But don't forget, um, it's a 17-game season, is, and the Raiders have nine home games. And when I look at that schedule, I come up with seven or eight wins for the Raiders most times when I go through it. So. Did you? Here's what I don't like about the Raiders. I don't like the offensive line. Well, I don't know why they tore down the offensive line. I, I don't get that either. It must either. be a financial thing with the salary cap. But obviously, Trent Brown was just a, a dud. He was a bum for the He players. was. He was. Uh, so that, that move, I understand. The other moves, I'm not really sure. The offensive line, I think, is going to be a problem this year. Uh, I do not like the wide receivers at all. Uh, I do love the tight end. How do you not? Waller is a complete beast. Uh, running backs, I think, are serviceable. Jacobs, they brought in uh, Kenyon Drake. But on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, you go back and look again at uh, the last, not not this year's draft. I'm talking about like 2020, 1918. Draft's not been very good. Ooh, mama. I mean, like the player grades and how they uh, actually have panned out so far, it's not good. And, and again, this is the year where the second-year players, third-year players, fourth-year players are supposed to have a big impact on what kind of team you're going to be. And I think they've whiffed miserably on a lot of those drafts. So do I. So I think that's good. I just don't think there's a lot of talent overall. Here's what I needed. I about fell out of my chair when they made the Cleveland Farrell pick. Of course. He, he actually, he's one of the higher graded guys they have yeah. on defense. I need, I need Rodgers to go to Denver. I would absolutely double down on this bet that about Deshaun, yeah. Deshaun Watson to Denver? If Deshaun Watson goes to Denver, he's probably going to miss half the season anyway. Sign me up. But, I'd, st- I'd still take those eight yeah. games. Yeah, for sure. So I have Raiders under eight minus one thirty, and it's I crazy told you the thing about the Raiders last season they were like a play away from sweeping the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they were leading late here, right, at Allegiant before Mahomes went down in the final minutes to actually win the game. Yep. They make one play to get a stop. They sweep the Chiefs. I don't think they're that bad. I can see the Raiders. I, I think seven or eight wins are realistic, but. You might want to think about trying to middle that number. I don't know. If it's, it's available. Or, or you could side that if it lands on eight. But How about this? I can find five and a half over minus 240. Is that a way to approach it? Possibly. Yeah. 240 is a stiff price to pay. It's but, stiff yeah. price. It is yeah. a stiff price for sure. Um, and the other bet I told you about yesterday, I have uh, more rushing and receiving yards. Austin Eckler is plus 110 against Clyde edwards Elaire. Mm-hmm. I like it quite a bit. And I did add two Defensive Player of the Year bets late last night. Um, and I could expand on this too, maybe a little bit later on. But I, here's the deal. I took, it's winning this award bet when Aaron Donald is in the mix is going to be very difficult because he's so good and voters love him, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Warner for the Niners was the highest rated linebacker per pro football focus in the entire league last year. He did that. Sands a bunch of guys. Like, they lost a ton of guys on defense. I, they're going to be aggressive again this year. In fact, more aggressive than they were last year, according to the new D.C., who used to be a really good linebacker in the NFL. Um, I think there's going to be more opportunities for him to actually, like, you know, for fumble recoveries and 
ball hawking type of deals and maybe pick off some more passes and get more sacks with guys that are going to be back. And I bet him at 90-1. to 1. And Devin White for the Buccaneers, who had 140 tackles last year, nine sacks, was maybe the best player in the playoffs for the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. 45 to 1 is what I bet last year. Okay. I saw him as low as 18 to 1 in other spots. So um, this guy is adding everybody in his first year on the job. Is it too late to fire a future bet on them? Matt will explain that coming up next. Bet has a special offer for new customers. Get an instant $10 free upon sign-up and then earn 10 for every 1000 wagered up to $1,000. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. And when you go to vcin.com slash horses, you'll also find a new feature, daily Saratoga picks from veteran handicapper Ed Seahorn. It is Delmar and Sar- Saratoga season. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. That's vcin.com. Dot com slash horses, the promo code Vegas 1000. Matt, I know the NFL season in college football, we still have like five, six weeks to go before we get there. Um, is it advisable for viewers and lis- listeners to maybe tie up some money in the college basketball market right now? Yeah, I would do it now, actually, because the transfers have uh, been moving all summer, and a lot of the value on this board is going to be gone by the time we get to November. No question. You don't want to be late to the party on these teams. Most of the movement you're going to see, almost all of it in college basketball is completed by now. And uh, I thought one of the biggest moves actually was what Texas made over the weekend. Marcus Carr, outstanding guard from Minnesota, signs on with Chris Beard. He's going to transfer to Austin. And Beard is diabolical when it comes to uh, rebuilding a roster and pulling in transfers. Look what he's done since he's become Texas coach. Uh, he pulled in, uh, what did you say, six of the top 31? What was the number that's you had? Ac- that's according to the uh, overall transfer ratings, yeah. He's got six, I think three of the top four and six of the top 31. Wow. Timmy Allen from Utah, big pickup, a forward. Trey Mitchell, a forward from UMass. And Marcus Carr, man, those are three outstanding players. And Texas still had a pretty good roster, I thought, when uh, Chris Beard took over. He also got Chris Bishop from Creighton. Yep. And, uh, I, uh, you know, Chris Beard's one of those guys who can out-coach anybody. Oh, he's too. maybe the best coach in the country. You give him talent, you know, it's, it's laughable when you think about uh, what Mike Krzyzewski can't do with talent and what Chris Beard can do with a less talented team. Oh, and Do you remember when they played actually a couple of years ago yes, at Madison Square that's, Garden? That's actually exactly when I watched that game, I put in a, a futures bet on Texas Tech at that point. Uh, to win the national championship. I was watching the game. I'm like, he's coaching circles around Coach K in this game. And this team's got potential. I think I bet Texas Tech at about 100-1 to to win the whole thing at that point during the game. And uh, Tech made the uh, title game and got screwed by the officials and lost lost to Virginia. Very true. They did, yeah. Yeah. That was was the game where it was an absolute coaching mismatch, where Beard was so much better than Coach K, and the talent was on Duke. It's just, it was insane. That was the year they had Zion. And Texas Tech had a bunch of, uh, you know, players you'd never heard of before in your entire life. The non-five-star kids. And uh, Texas Tech was right there with them the entire game. 
I don't want to pick on Coach K because it's going to ups, upset that guy, John Feinstein or Feinstein, whatever his name is. Oh, it is? Yeah, he got really upset about the Coach K tribute I did. Uh, he did? Yeah, he got really upset. <laughs> what? He blocked me on Twitter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you serious? His name Feinstein or Feinstein. He wrote a couple books. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah he's yeah. been a lapdog for Coach K for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> he got upset with you about that and blocked you on Twitter. I didn't follow the guy on what Twitter, but he, he blocked. Oh, what a what a joke! <laughs> my, are you kidding me? No, that was the year, Coach K. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Coach K had three of the top ten picks in the NBA draft and couldn't yeah. make the Final Four. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so the point is here with the college basketball futures market. I think it sets up pretty well because the wrong team is the favorite. And that that leaves value on other teams on the board. Uh-huh. Gonzaga right now in a lot of spots around 5-6-1 to one is a favorite. Gonzaga uh-huh. should not be the favorite. Think about what the Zags lost. Ah, okay, I know they have a lot coming in. Chet Holmgren, the, the top recruit, but I've watched Holmgren play. He's not going to come in and uh, take over college basketball right away. In fact, he has not been doing it this summer. And uh, some of the international play, but uh, they lost Jalen Suggs, Kispert. Mm-hmm. The Zags should not be the favorites to win the NCAA championship. Who do they have back from the starting five? Timmy, and that's it, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Now they do have a ton of talent. Mark Few's a great coach, but don't forget, Few also lost his top assistant to Arizona. He did. And a lot of people said, even though Mark Few is sharp himself. His assistant was, a lot of people thought, his top recruiter in the brains behind the operation. Mm-hmm. He's now the Arizona coach. Uh, so Gonzaga being the favorite leaves value on other teams on the board. Texas at the South Point last month was 40-1. to 1. I grabbed a little bit of Texas and I wish I'd grab more. I would still play Texas right now. You, you said 20-1's out there. You can find 20-1. 20-1 yeah. at a local book right now I think is a good bet. I just bet Kansas uh, last week at 18-1. to 1. Kansas pulled in. Kansas is loaded. They are awesome. Absolutely loaded. And got Remy Martin, the point guard from Arizona State, as a transfer. Uh, Michigan is another team to look at. Uh Uh, Purdue out of the Big Ten, you can get a 25-to-1 right now. Purdue's got the top seven scorers back and uh, two top 30 recruits who are outstanding players. Probably the best team in the Big Ten. Purdue or Michigan is kind of a coin flip. Who's the best team in the Big Ten? You get Michigan at around... Maybe fifteen to one. Uh, I have not bet Michigan, but I did put a bet on Purdue, even though Purdue chokes in March all the time. I did bet um, uh, Texas, by the way, yesterday at that number twenty to one. Okay, Texas so, twenty to one, Kansas eighteen, Purdue twenty five, and one more I bet was UCLA at sixteen to one. Really, if I make a top five right now, Mitch, I'm looking at um, I'm looking at UCLA, Kansas, Purdue, Michigan, and Texas. I don't even have Gonzaga in the top five, and mm-hmm. Gonzaga is number one on the futures board at the top of the futures board, yeah. so there's a lot of value there. Here's the thing about Gonzaga. I think people just assume that, hey, he's got the number one player in the class again and all mm-hmm. this talent coming in year after year. Not every recruiting class was created equal. Right. Uh, I will give Kentucky as Exhibit A to anybody who <laughs> wants to defend that or argue that point. You're right. Because, I, I mean, people just assume that they can – reload every single year, and they can lose seven guys. Well, no, they have six other guys that are coming just as good. They're not always just as good. They're not always just as it good. Doesn't, not everybody's it's, Anthony Davis that comes to Kentucky, <laughs> right? Okay, They might be a five-star and might be a top-ten kid, 
Okay, but they're not exactly the same guy. So I've seen a lot of five stars who can't play worth a lick. Absolutely. Same here. So that's why it might not work out every year for Gonzaga like mm-hmm. that. And also, like if you look around today on a, on a team like Texas, for example, a book might be out there who fell asleep, whatever, not really paying attention. Maybe they're getting no action on it whatsoever, and they might have Texas at Tim Murray was talking about this on the nightcap last week. He grabbed him at 30 to 1. Jim, mm-hmm. Jim Root from Three Men Weave has him at 50 to 1, I believe he mm-hmm. said. There's a book in town that has Texas at 6 to 1 right now. Oh, no. So clearly, six? clearly okay. that's untouchable. But oh, maybe yeah. a book that you're using that we haven't looked at yet, maybe they have them 20, 25, 30 to 1 in that neighborhood. Yeah. Well, in the last week, I've scoured pretty much every book in town, college football or college basketball futures, trying to find the best numbers. And like you said, you never know. You have to check every. Sure. Every out, because uh, sometimes a bookmaker will fall asleep. Uh, Game 6 NBA Finals, player props, and if the pace stays close to where it's been over the past four games, betting on the total might be worth a look. That's coming up next. Musburger coming up next hour. We're going to talk college football with uh, the Godfather. College football season right around the corner, and that means VSync College Football Betting Guide coming soon. It's going to be out in about a week. The guide is $19.99. Discounts available when you buy early, so now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for the VSync All Access to get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. We're going to preview all 130 teams. We have over 100 pages of analysis, a lot of picks, power ratings. Everything you could want to prepare you for the college football season. As always, go to vcin.com slash subscribe. It's going to be a great guide. It always is. Um, absolutely slammed with info like you talked about. When you were you know, doing a lot of your research last night and you spent many, many hours uh, diving into the, to the guide, Matt, and writing for it, what stood out to you? Like Other than you know, trying to come up with predictions for the Final Four and teams outside of the obvious to make it, uh, did you notice a team that might be good under the radar? Somebody that actually might be much better than we're anticipating they could make a run at the playoff? Anything mm-hmm. stand out? You know what's interesting is uh, I don't like to tout non-Power 5 teams as playoff candidates because we know the system's rigged to block those teams, yep, right? It is. Uh, but there's one team this year I think has got a legit shot, and that's Cincinnati. This year? Yes. Even though they couldn't get in last year? I think Cincinnati's better this year. I think the defense is better. Desmond Ritter's back at quarterback. And here's the key. You've got two games against Power 5 teams that are highly thought of. And if the Bearcats win those games on the road, watch out. You could sneak in as a fourth team if some of the other contenders from the Power 5 conferences take multiple losses. Let's say Georgia's, let's say a two-loss Georgia team against an undefeated Cincinnati team. Uh-huh. Who do you take? Hopefully Cincinnati. Uh, the Bearcats play Indiana on the road early in the season and Notre Dame on the road, let uh, say, around the middle of the season. Notre Dame's only got nine starters back this year. Wisconsin transfer Jack Cohn is a quarterback. Right, who you're very high on. Not really. Neither are you. <laughs> you're not either, right? No, I'm not. Okay. Indiana, Michael Penix is not my favorite quarterback, and I think Indiana's being overhyped by a lot of people right now. 
Luke Fickle's done a great job. His defense is I want to I would say he's kind of he's put together a Ron Rivera like Washington football team defense. You watched the bowl game, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. Huh? The Bearcats outplayed Georgia. Should have won that game. Fickle mismanaged the end of it. Things fell apart. Cincinnati outplayed Georgia. Agreed. Uh, I think Cincinnati is a playoff worthy team this year. And you got a veteran quarterback and a great defense. You got games that could make you a playoff contender if you win those on the road against Indiana, one of the better teams in the Big Ten, and Notre Dame. Why not? Probably because the system's rigged is the question, why not? But uh, I made Cincinnati my long shot fourth pick for the playoff. I'm just tired of Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Right? And I don't want to throw Georgia in there because Georgia probably going to lose the opening game to Clemson and then could drop another game in the conference, maybe to Florida, or is going to lose a conference championship game to Alabama. Yeah. I don't want to put a two-loss Georgia team in there. I don't think there's a team in the Pac-12 that's going to be able to make the playoff. Could Oregon? I don't think so. If they beat Ohio State? Oregon's a 10-point dog to Ohio State in September. If they win that game, though? If if the Ducks win that game, it's possible. But I don't think Mario Cristobal is a strong enough coach to, Uh, to run the table the rest of the way. If you look, a lot of people think USC and Oregon are the top two teams in the Pac-12. And they're also led by two of the weakest coaches. Those teams. Clay Helton and Cristobal. I would agree. So I think those are fragile favorites at the top of the league. I like Utah a lot in the Pac-12, and I have to give Stanford Steve of ESPN some credit for this because he was uh, telling me a couple weeks ago how much he liked Utah, and I read through it, looked into it. I like Kyle Whittingham, anyway. I've said Kyle, I think, the best coach in the, in the Pac-12. You know how many years he's been in Utah now? Yeah, I'm gonna 17. I going to say 17, yeah, 16, 17 years. Yeah. I think he's the most reliable coach in the Pac-12. Uh, up front, all of the starters on the offensive line have a deep experience in the offensive line. They have the number one offensive line, number one offensive line in the Pac-12. Pretty good. Baylor grad transfer Charles Brewer in a quarter. If you remember last season, Utes looked bad. They were rebuilding. When they looked bad, it was mostly a poor quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Incompetent quarterback play for Utah last year. Charlie Brewer is going to fix that. Uh, also, when I go through it, I think Utah could be favored in 11 games. The one underdog spot's going to be at USC on uh, October 9th. They catch some breaks in the schedule. They have home games against Arizona State, Oregon, and UCLA. So the Ducks have to go to Salt Lake City. Uh, I think Utah's got the potential to win in 9 or 10 games. Now, I don't think a team from the Pac-12 is going to reach the playoff. Well, re- remember, two years, years ago, mm-hmm. right? That's when they played in the Pac-12 title game, I think on that Friday night against Oregon. Lost. And had the Utes won that game, the talking point was they're going to make the playoff then. Mm-hmm. But they got blown out, and that's when suddenly the Ducks looked like they were unstoppable with Herbert in his final season there at, at Oregon. But they were in contention to actually make the playoff out of the Pac-12 and represent mm-hmm. with, I think, one loss in the regular season that year. Couldn't get the job done. And then Herbert beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Right? Yeah, and in a total just disastrous game by Crystal Ball and the coaching staff. Right. And the, and the offensive coordinator who Marcus got the Arroyo. UNLV job yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah, they held Justin Herbert back with poor play calling. 
I like Utah over eight and a half. I think it's going to win total. I, I don't like to necessarily recommend over eight and a half. I think this Utah team can win ten games. Okay. And I got Utah. I told you yesterday. I went to a local book, and I found uh, twelve to one on the sheet for Utah to win the Pac-12. Well, I went Jesus. up, tried to bet it. Sign me up then. Put in the bet number. Uh, it's six to one now. Six to one. Thanks for updating your sheet. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but if eight to one is out there on Utah to win the Pac-12, right. I think that's a pretty good bet. Eight to one on Utah over eight and a half. I think that's the best team in the Pac-12. Uh, also, a couple other just quickly I'll hit on. I think uh, Mississippi over seven and a half is actually a pretty good play. I'll put this in the college football betting guide. Uh, Matt Corral, Mississippi is going to put up huge numbers oh, this God. year. Rebels are going to be three and zero going into that early October game in Alabama. Remember last year in the fourth quarter, Ole Miss and Alabama tied at forty-two. Sure. Uh, the Rebels can hang with any team in the SEC. I mean, say what you want about Kiffin. He's an excellent offensive coach. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Huh? Anyway, a lot okay. more to talk about with college well, football. Brent Musburger, hour number two. Hour number three, sorry. Let, let me throw a uh, wrench into your Bearcats theory here for a second. Okay. Yes, they get Indiana and Notre Dame on the road. And there's a bye week before the Notre Dame game, right? I actually think that works out to their benefit. Because if they would win both those games on the road, how could you deny that? Later on in the year. Yeah, I like the fact those are road games. Sure. Yeah. This might be how the committee and others would say, and, you know, as Corso, all we, not so fast, my friend, right? They play Notre Dame on October 2nd. We have two full months of football at that point, and it is littered with teams like, and I'm, this is not me saying this, but pe- people are going to say, well, they beat up on Central Florida and they won at Navy Central and Tulane. Is going to be good this I, year. I know, but this is what other people will yeah. say, right? They beat Tulsa. Who's good in that conference? They will completely take a leak all over the athletic conference, right? The American Athletic, and say it's been two months since they played a team of note in Notre Dame, and there's no way, no how, an undefeated Cincinnati should get in over a Georgia team oh, with yeah? two losses. Did you who's watch so the Cincinnati good. Georgia bowl game? No, that's okay. I'm just that's what I'm trying to like picture in my head happening in like three months. No, you're right. That's what would happen. Yeah. Because as much as some people say they like to root for the underdogs, they really don't. They don't really. They don't really mean that, and they try to keep the underdogs out. It's Not, just like yeah. the NBA finals we're talking about with yep. the the Suns and the Bucks. Most people want to see the elite teams. You know the. Teams like the Lakers and the Nets, they really don't want the underdogs to get to the finals. They don't want teams like Cincinnati in the playoff. Uh, you're right with that. They say they do, but then when it comes right. to... Uh, when you get to the NCAA tournament in March, you love the Cinderella's in the first week, but then yeah. everybody wants the Cinderella's to get beat, and they want the isn't that funny? teams to get to the Final Four. Isn't that funny? The yeah. first the first like weekend, for sure, a lot of times the second weekend as well in college basketball... That's why it got the name March Madness, and that's why Vegas is nuts, and it has been that way for 30 years out here mm-hmm. for those four days, because people want to see the dogs win, and they want to see chaos and bedlam and unpredictability. But yet, when it comes to college football, no chance. I, I uh, want nothing to do with it whatsoever. The four-team playoff just kills the sport. It really does. I never would have thought about that when we had the BCS, because there's nothing worse to me than the BCS. Think about that. You're, you're filling out your playoff picks every year. And you just start with Clemson, Alabama. That's it. Lock and load. Oklahoma, Ohio State. What is what is Clemson to win the ACC? Like minus seven dollars again this year? Well, North Carolina is going to be good in the there, ACC, yeah. but um, you know you're looking at, look at win totals for Alabama, eleven and a half. Right, of course. Right. That's right. what. You, will they actually have a loss on the season? That's what right. it's like now. That's what it's turned into every single year. 
And it's crazy because that's no knock against Saban and Dabo Sweeney. Those guys have done a hell of a job building powerhouse programs. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, we asked this uh, to Tim Brando yesterday. I said, Tim, last year when we had you on, I, I can recall this. It was during the pandemic. And I said, is this the year that it finally catches up to him? There's no more Tua. You lost Judy. You lost Ruggs. You lost a bunch of other players, right? Five-star kids went on to the NFL. Now there's Mac Jones. There's, you know, other receivers. And now they only got better, Matt. Mm -hmm. After Tua and that whole group left, they got better last year in offense. So the whole thought is, can they actually regress? Is this the year they finally regress? (laughs) Well, watch when they go out there this year, and it's guys like, uh, who's the receiver, Mitchie? Yeah, Bryce Young at quarterback. Bryce Young at quarterback, and just whoever the new running back is going to be, and other receivers, and it's 47 points a game, and they're beating mm-hmm. everybody by 30, and it's a no contest, and it'll be the same exact thing over and over again. Maybe not this year. Who knows? Well, well you can always hope. But again, to your point, yeah, that's, I have to give LSU some credit, too. Two years ago, LSU had a, one of the best teams I've ever seen in college football. Sure. And Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdown passes with. Six picks. But, but that's but yeah. that's kind of what's supposed to happen the next year when you lose all that talent. They came back to the pack at Alabama. Mm-hmm. That doesn't right. happen. Never happened. The regression is just not there with the tide. Why he's so good. Uh, does he really want to go to New York? He's plus 160 to land there if he's traded. I think other teams should be making a run at him. Details on that come next.